You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Thursday, August 10th. The 49ers are in Las Vegas for their joint practices with the Raiders. We got reports from the first joint session today, and joining me to talk all about it is Andrew Pasquini. We had to do our own little joint session here. Yes. How are you doing today, Andrew? <laughs> I am doing fantastic. It's it's This is really, to me, the first day of football season. I know I probably said it two weeks ago when camp opened that like football season started today, but the Niners are, pl- are practicing against a team that's not the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm sure they're very excited. So I guess today is the second of like seven dates of like football's back, but football's back today for the second time. For the second time. Yeah. Yes. And there's some preseason games happening right now. I mean, it's not yes. the 49ers one, so I'm not as interested, but if you guys are, Ignoring those games to watch us right now. Appreciate that. Look, Andrew, I hate to start on a downer because uh, I think I'm going to talk about the injury updates that we got today. And uh, I never like to do those, especially this early in the game. But I guess it was going to come at some point, right? Nature of the sport, dare I say. Yeah, yeah, it is. But uh, nature of the 49ers, it it seems as well. Uh, George Kittle, he has an adductor strain and will be out about a week. Although this is the same injury that Elijah Mitchell is dealing with right now. And I think it's already been a week for him and he hasn't returned yet. So I don't know. Um, Of course, like there's no reason to put these guys out there and risk like re-injury or anything. So maybe they just want to keep it easy for those guys, get them to week one. But this seems to be an annual thing with Kittle that he injures something in camp or in the preseason. In the past, it seems to have lingered and impacts the first few weeks of the season. Uh, But hopefully, hopefully this is different. Well, yeah, hopefully it is different considering the maybe questionable depth at the tight end position. I know Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner exist. Uh, Cam Latou's dropping passes every day. So there, there's a little bit of concern at the depth. I, I'm going to I'm gonna chalk, uh, chalk this up to just – it is what it is, right? Wear and tear. It's, ideally, it's just a weak injury. I don't think we're going to see too much of George Kittle uh for the rest of camp obviously they want him to be healthy especially with the season he had last year and and on top of that just the tight end depth i just mentioned so it's a little bit of a concern but obviously it's not the biggest concern especially considering the other injury that we're going to talk about here in a minute it's only a week-long injury i know you mentioned elijah mitchell hasn't been back yet that one's a little Less frightening as well. I just think the Niners are maybe finally erring on the side of caution with these injuries where it's like, hey, Elijah Mitchell, he doesn't need to be out there. TDP, J- uh, Jordan Mason, get them there, all the reps they can get because they, they need them a little bit more. Maybe that's just what this is with George Kittle. And George Kittle's been here for, what, six, seven years now, which scares me a little bit that he's been here for seven years because it feels like it was last year he was a rookie. He doesn't need camp, right? He doesn't need to practice. He doesn't need all this stuff. So so I'm going to look a little more positive on the injury front with George Kittle at least and just say they're going to be a little more cautious with him. There's no reason to, to force him at all. See, this is why I like having Andrew on the show, because if you think that I'm pretty like objective and, you know, look at the 
positive side of things. Andrew is even more so those things. And so mm-hmm. whenever there's a panic or a slight panic, I bring him on because he'll he'll yeah. just like bring me back down to earth. So I appreciate that, Andrew. I, I try my best to have fun with this. I know I know the, the 49ers content creator space is a very stressful place. So I try my best to have as much fun as I can with it and, and be as positive as I can. And yeah, and, and yeah, obviously like there is a little bit of concern, right? Because George Kittle does have an injury history. Let's, let's be a thousand percent honest. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, you know, roses and dandelions right now. I don't think that's a saying I made that up off the top there, but it, it's, it sounds like it's a pretty simple injury. It's just something that's going to hold him out for, for what a week. And then we just won't see him until probably Pittsburgh. Let's be honest. Yeah. There's no, but there's also no reason to see him until Pittsburgh. We, we, I don't think George Kittle is necessarily fighting for a position on this roster. I think he's pretty much sewn up his spot, right? A bold take right there. I, I, start out hot, I know. <laughs> but look, there are more injuries to talk about, unfortunately. Trey Greenlaw, he pulled his hamstring in practice today, so he did not finish today's session. And this is the big one, I think. Ray Ray McLeod, he has a broken left wrist. He'll need surgery. Probably out eight weeks is what I'm hearing or what I saw on, on Twitter. And so that opens the door, I think for, you know, some other guys to step up as the returner. And I think that's my concern because let's not forget how the, I don't know, punt returns and, and kick returns looked before Ray Ray McLeod even got to San Francisco. I think that's like, I'm not, I'm not, um, I don't think we can overstate how much of an impact McLeod had, despite him being, yeah, the fourth wide receiver on the depth chart, but still I'm more concerned about his role as a return man and how we're going to miss him. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you mentioned the four spot of the receiver. That's a, that's a very wide open thing right now because we, we obviously know Debo and Ayuk probably just like George Kittle, probably, probably safe probably safe right uh but after that it's it's Jawan Jennings who had a bit of a drop issue last year it's it's Danny Gray it's Ray Ray McLeod that that are all really fighting it for this fourth receiver spot and and that might be an important one but you mentioned the kick return thing as well right is and and you mentioned I I was thinking because I I I went the exact same place your brain went of when's the last time we felt like we really had a consistent kick returner Two names that came to my mind, Ted Ginn Jr., which obviously like one of the bigger names, and Alan Rosum. You remember when Alan Rosum was a Niners returner for no, a No, I thought year? you were going to say Kyle Williams. Oh, that, Jesus. <laughs> we're really just going there. No, uh, Alan Rosum. Remember him with the Falcons? The Niners had him for a hot year. So, yeah, the, the, I think this could be a big injury in, in two ways just because we don't know where that fourth receiver is coming from yet. Obviously, Ronnie Bell, obviously Willie Sneed, and uh, Deshaun Jameson is getting a lot of attention. Yeah. So, so we'll see what that looks like. Obviously, this is the most concerning injury at this point just because it is the longest confirmed injury we have right now. Two months is not a small amount of time considering that that takes you to what? I mean, two months from today is October 10th. Let's math podcast, right? So does that mean he's ready to go October 10th or is this, does he need to wind up a little more? So so we'll, we'll see what that leads to for Ray Ray McLeod. But yes, I think you hit the nail on the head. The biggest concern is that return game right now. And and then let, let's see what that fourth receiver spot, because Danny Gray, hearing good things about him right now, right? In that fourth receiver spot. So I'm very curious to see what the Niners do and, and how they replace that, because 
The return game, yes, has been very sus for a few years, to, to say the least. Ray Ray McLeod came in, and and it was I, I had confidence in the return game. So so I'm interested to see how they fill that spot up. Yeah, me too. And you know, I was already thinking that the seventh or was it sixth or seventh, the last roster spot that I would imagine would go to the last wide receiver that they would bring on the 53. Um, I, I was already thinking that competition was pretty close and it was going to come down to, you know, a few guys. And now I think that makes that last wide receiver spot even more important. And mm-hmm. it's likely going to go to a guy who can also do returns for that reason. So we'll just have to wait and see who that guy is. Certainly like how players position themselves in these joint practices mm-hmm. and, you know, in these preseason games is going to, you know, help dictate that. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Another injury was uh, Drake Jackson. He didn't participate in Tuesday's practice. Still not out there today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Not ideal as like Nick Bosa's also missing in action, right? Still waiting for his extension. Yeah. So, you know, it's really the the edge position right now is a little thin. The, the depth is, right? And so... It does sound like Clinton Farrell has been doing well, and and that's great. He was, quote, blowing up Raiders offensive linemen during drills. Uh, But I think not ideal, right, especially because Drake Jackson was supposed to have a, you know, uh, second-year leap for this to happen at this point. Not great. Yeah, and and that there is concern, obviously, right, because the Niners lost pretty much their entire edge-rushing depth this offseason, right? It's it's really Nick Bose is the big one returning. Obviously, he exists still, but Drake Jackson kind of disappeared last year. Not necessarily his fault. Obviously, Shanahan had him inactive a few times, uh, especially towards the end of the year. This is where I'm starting to get a little excited just to kind of hear what, what they're talking about on Cleveland Farrell because he he was a because I remember back back in that draft, Cleveland Farrell was the guy I, I low-key wanted it too. Because if you were not not over Bosa, obviously Bosa was obviously the big one, but you got to remember Bosa was the number one pick until the Cardinals uh, hired Cliff Kingsbury, and that led to the <laughs> Kyler Murray, which led to the Niners getting Nick Bosa. Cleland Farrell was one of the highly t- uh, touted prospects in that draft early on in that process. Kind of fell off a bit near the end. He kind of went from like a top five guy to a maybe middle of the first end of the first round guy. And then the Raiders just absolutely overvalued him. That obviously when people see that he is a fourth pick overall, he doesn't give the fourth overall pick production. But as people on the Sprint Right Option podcast want to call him Coach K, Chris Kosarek, I don't like the Chris K or Coach K moniker because I'm not a big Duke <laughs> guy, to be honest. But the the early returns on Cleveland Farrell are sounding very nice. And yeah. and really, the Niners are at a point where they need to figure out who the second edge rusher is right now. Like, they need to figure out who the second one is before they figure out that depth. And if there's any advantage that's being given right now, a player needs to take it. And early on last week and, and through Niners camp before they go to Vegas, you hear a lot of good things about Drake Jackson. You hear a lot of good things about Cleveland Farrell and you're feeling good. Now that Drake Jackson's out, you're continuing to hear good things about Cleveland Farrell. And, and Kyle Shanahan had a quote on the Kawakami podcast a couple weeks ago after the news of Brock Purdy is, is healthy. He's going to be cleared, all that stuff. He had a quote specifically about the quarterback position that he 
doesn't believe you could lose your job to injury, but what you do give is opportunity to somebody else. And what Nick Bosa, obviously not hurt, he's 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 out waiting for his big contract that he's going to get. And I promise you guys, he's going to get it. We don't need to worry about it. The hashtags aren't going to change anything. Like he's going to get his contract. It's giving opportunity to Jackson and Cleveland Farrell. And we're hearing great things about both. So I'm, I'm feeling more and more confident in that position more and more. I'm very excited to see what Cleveland Farrell brings on Sunday, especially against his former team. I don't know if we're going to see Drake Jackson at this point uh, because it is Thursday. And if we're going off of a normal week, if you miss practice on Thursday, that doesn't feel great for a game, especially a preseason game where Drake Jackson is expected to have a bigger role in the regular season. So I'm I'm very curious to see what Cleveland Farrell looks like because the the 20 what what year was Bosa drafted 17 18 the 2017 18 Andrew excited for Cle- what Cleveland Farrell could have been on the 49ers when Bosa was supposed to be the first pick I'm pretty excited to see what he can look like in 2023 with Chris Kosarek who has taken you know projects on like Arden Key Kerry Hyder et cetera et cetera et cetera we can name all of these th- that Chris Kosarek has made why not Cleveland Farrell. And then you also mix in, I think a lot of people get so anxious about this edge position. We're not used to talking about a pass rusher in the middle. You got Javon Hargrave. You got you already have your second pass rusher instilled in this defense, right? It, it's not from the outside like we're used to because we haven't seen an interior rusher like Javon Hargrave. So if Cleland Farrell or, or Drake Jackson could just be a productive, I think the Niners defensive line has a chance to be maybe better than last year. Not as deep. The depth, I don't know if they're going to be able to match. But in terms of the top four, where you get Bosa, Eric Armstead, um, I already forgot his name, Javon Hargrave, and then whether it be Drake Jackson or Cleveland Farrell, I think that that has the potential. I'm not going to stick my neck out there and say it's going to be great, but I think that has a potential to, to be one of the better top four defensive lines that the Niners have seen in the Shanahan era. For sure. I, I definitely agree. And in case you were wondering who filled in for, uh, you know, now now that Drake Jackson and Nick Bosa aren't out there, who filled in? It was Clinton Farrell. And on the other end, it was Kerry Hyder Jr., who, by all accounts, it sounds like he's been having a, a great camp as well. Mm-hmm. So, And he's always been a great rotational piece for the 49ers, who is – productive even though he is you know further down on the depth chart so I think that is you know encouraging to get a a better look at some of these guys so we'll see how they fare throughout the preseason but Kinlaw as well I mean he's doing a great job yep yep, Uh, and I heard today he was disrupting the pocket in one-on-one drills versus the Raiders offensive line no surprises there since he had been doing it all in camp. So to your point, talking about Hargrave, if Kinlaw could, you know, give you anything too. I mean, that's someone who whatever he can give you is a bonus and you'd be happy to take that. And it sounds like he's going to be a contributor as long as he is healthy. That has always been the big caveat with Kinlaw. But as of right now, and we're going to knock on wood, knock on wood for me because I don't have any near me. It seems like he'll have a good year. And then I actually, I actually had a question for you real quick because you mentioned Drake Greenlaw real quick. I feel like I saw two different names replaced him, and I, I feel like the beat reporters had little tough luck today because it sounds like the Raiders kind of pushed – Like it sounds like I might have had a good view of the Raiders <laughs> practice facility from Sacramento today as some of the media did. I read that Oren Burks replaced him, but I also read that Marcelino McCray Ball replaced him. So did, did you have so... a confirmed name on that? Because that, that's one of the battles I'm interested in is that third linebacker spot. 
Yeah, I mean, much of camp, I believe it has been Oren Burke, so it would make sense for him to, you know, yeah. step up in Greenlaw's spot. And I was looking at uh, Matt Barrow's uh, recap from today that he put out on The Athletic. He said Oren Burks. By the way, Andrew, I finally got my own The Athletic account. For everyone oh, listening. Shout out, yeah. I was I was bumming off of Andrew's like um, the athletic account for a couple of years, and I finally you know became an adult and just decided to. <laughs> get I love my own that. No, that, that I, honestly growth right there. No, you could you could still have my password if you want, like just for for memory's sake, really. But yeah, I, shout out. I love that. Uh, but no, I also I also saw JLC uh, Jennifer Lee Chan say that. Uh, McCrary Ball took snaps with Warner, so maybe maybe they had a little bit of a rotation. Yeah, maybe that, were... that's a very it's a very that like that and the running back battle. Those are the two battles. I'm very you. You could take your QB twos and your QB threes, brother, and then leave them at home. I'm all about that RB three and LB three battle, you know. And and so so I was very interested to see who stepped in for Greenland. I was I was interested to see if you had the same name. So it sounds like Oren Burks maybe instantly stepped in, and then McCrary Ball stepped in later. Yeah, but that that's great for uh, McCrary Paul though to yeah. to be getting those reps and those opportunities because mm-hmm. maybe wasn't as buzzy as he was in last year's camp as he was this year, but I still think he's a great player and I think he's gonna flash in preseason as well. So happy for him and happy for him to get those opportunities. Um, but look, I don't think there's any reason to worry about this defensive line, but. I am glad that they're they're going to have an opportunity to see their depth. Yeah. That it seems not just the defensive line, but at many positions. And as you said, Andrew, like that's some of the things that excite us. Just because a lot of these starting positions are already solidified. Like we already know who's going to be the starter. We already know who's a lock. We're we're now more interested in like those nitty gritty yeah. battles of you know who's. <sighs> Who, who are those bubble guys and who's going to come mm-hmm. out on top? Yeah. And we're going to start getting those answers on the defensive line and the, and I know we're about to talk about it, so I don't mean to lean into what we're going to bring up here in a minute, but, but yeah, we're going to see those, but I think it's very exciting that Shanahan's already said, we're not going to see too much of the starters because there's so many interesting battles going on, but we're going to finally get to see the defensive line and offensive line, what they actually look like, because there's only so much you can do in camp. I I've almost not even looked into what people have been saying about the offensive line in terms of performance uh, the past couple of weeks, more so just the, Hey, Javon Kinlaw looks like he's in good shape. Like those, those like evergreen camp reports, right? Because you don't really know what they look like when they're going up head to head. And you were at camp. You you probably saw a little bit more. Or you Not even probably. You definitely saw more than I did because I didn't go out once. But we're finally getting to see what this defensive line and offensive line, more, more specifically what this offensive line is going to look like. And it, and it sounds like they had a decent day today, but they're finally playing different teams. And Sunday we're going to finally get our first real answers about what the interior of both sides of the ball is going to look like on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. I guess they ran some like two on two drills today, the mm-hmm. 49ers offensive line versus Raiders defensive line. And sounds like Trent Williams is still Trent Williams. Like who would have thought, right? Like You know what? I also just to go out on a limb, I have written him and Sharpie to make the 53 man <laughs> roster as well. Uh so so really just sticking my neck out there with the 53 man roster predictions today. I know. Uh, I love it. Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, <laughs> Trent Williams all locks right now. 
And I have it locked that Kyle Shanahan is is going to be the head coach too. He's not going to. Oh yeah, coach. that that's. Uh, hey man, <laughs> hey man, listen. I not to dive in too much Premier League, but Premier League starts in four days, and my favorite team just re- let go of their coach two days ago. So like I'm very like that might not be too good of a joke right now for me, just because <laughs> sad, I'm very sad. I'm very shook by my favorite soccer team replacing their head coach five days before their season starts. So so let's. Maybe too soon. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, But yeah, Trent Williams, it sounds like he was consistently holding off Max Crosby. I only read about Trent losing like one rep where he was knocked down. And Aaron Banks, who returned to action today after being in the concussion protocol uh, last week, he reportedly held up pretty well on a couple of reps too. So Colton McKivitz is the bigger question mark of this offensive line. Mm-hmm. How did he do? It sounded like he struggled a bit against Chandler Jones. I get it. Like Chandler Jones is a very good pass rusher. And mm-hmm. I feel like to this point in camp, McKivitz hasn't really been tested because Nick Bosa hasn't been there. So um, we'll see how he does tomorrow, right? Can he turn it around? Uh, but yeah, by all accounts, it sounds like he had a an up and down day versus Crosby won some reps lost some as well yeah and and I read that the rep that Trent Williams lost was to Trent Chandler Jones as well so Chandler Jones is very good at football let's be honest so so maybe that's why Colton McKivitt struggled today there is a a lot that that's probably the biggest question mark for me on if if, and and I think that's pretty obvious I think Colton McKivitt is if you go all 22 starting positions right now uh, on both the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball, that right tackle is probably the biggest question right now. And, and, and I, I don't want to put too much pressure on anybody right now, but all those people the past few years that are like, oh, you have to be able to do better than Mike McGlinchey, right? Like, let's 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 see what Colton McKivitz can do because that is easily the biggest concern right now. The Raiders, uh, this is the perfect team though, right? For, for mm-hmm. the first camp against another team because I don't know how many teams have – a better pair of pass rushers than the Las Vegas Raiders do right now. And Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. So, so it's a very good test. I think this is a very, dare I say, not to get too into hyperbole of a preseason iron sharpens iron. Right. And and that's what (laughs) this is. So ideally Colt McKivitz is, is, is learning, tweaking things here and there to to figure it out. He's going to have a tough matchup today, tomorrow. I don't know. I dare I say, I haven't looked too much into what the Raiders are planning to do on Sunday yet. Uh, I don't know if they're planning to play Max Crosby or Chandler Jones. I don't even know if Colton McKivitz is going to play. If, if we're going by the logic of Shanahan's not going to play too many starters, I think he should probably play Colton McKivitz a little bit. But if he doesn't, it'll make sense because he is the starter. He already said he isn't. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see an Aaron Banks too because Aaron Banks felt like he was a guy who was written off a couple of years ago after his rookie, his first rookie camp, right? People, yeah. People were like, oh, he doesn't look as good as what they thought. Uh, but obviously he had a pretty good year last year and it sounds like he's really improving. Uh, I read from, I believe Grant Cohn said he didn't lose anything in one-on-ones today. So that, that's a good sign. If the Niners can get that left side of the line, very short up a second year. I, I really think as long as Trent Williams is there, Aaron Banks is going to improve every season. I, I think you saw that a little bit with, uh, and I'm, wow, I'm horrible at my job. What's his, uh, who do you replace? Who did Banks replace? He signed with um, the Jets. Oh he my god! With the it's, Jets. it's uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It, it uh, yeah, my the Jets. Um, Jets. Lake and right, Tomlinson. Lake and Tomlinson. Yeah, I just and, have and, really bad memory. 
No, yeah, I'm horrible. It's, be, it's because I live in California and certain things are legal in California. It makes the memory hazy. Uh, but but yeah, Lakin Tomlinson, he 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 was pretty good with the Niners, right? And and not to say he had a bad year with the Jets, but it, it didn't feel like he was was quite what what he was with the Niners. And I think obviously there's dare I say that Trent Williams bump right on that left side of the line. So every year, every year Aaron Banks gets a chance to work with Trent Williams. I think you're gonna see a, a steady progression with him every single year. Yeah, I, I think so. And I, I, it's been great for his development. It sounds like too, and, and I read this too, Keith, uh, shout out for this comment. Uh, Lombardi, David Lombardi from The Athletic said he was talking with uh, Max Crosby along with Williams about pointers. So he being Colton McKivitz. So there was a lot of exchanging of uh, tips and, and yeah. information between those guys. And, you know, we've heard about Trent doing the same with Nick Bosa. So I think it's cool that, you know, they want to trade that information with, you know, other teams and as well. So that's good. And that's good for Colt McKivitz. I, I don't know if I'm worried about Colt McKivitz. Like I'm trying hard to not be, I think there is naturally going to be some drop off between him and, uh, Oh Mike McGlinchey. That, that, that one I won't forget. I like, I'm a big Mike McGlinchey like, guy, Nick, dare I say. Nick. Well, cause we're Mitch talking about McKivitz and then right I was tackle, like, Nick, yes. All right, yeah. Uh, sorry, number former number sixty nine. Um, yeah, so I I think that there's naturally going to be some drop off, but I'm yes. not ready to count him out yet because yeah. it is training camp, it is the preseason, and him looking up and down, him looking shaky at times, that happens mm-hmm. at this time of the year, especially if this is your first time being a starter, right? So I think once things get going, once you know, they start game planning and, and all these things uh, against wh- whoever he's going to be going up against. It's a different ball game. So, and also keep in mind, we will probably hear about the Raiders defensive line looking good at times. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that George Kittle isn't out there, the best, you know, blocking tight end in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that helps. And I think what people really, I, and this is this is what I my vibe on it with the right tackle. I think Kyle Shanahan was I'm not going to say okay, but I'm going to say okay with some of Mike McGlinchey's pass rushing reps. You know, he always had that one like play that everybody would circle, as long as he was consistent in the run game. Because I really yeah. feel like that Kyle Shanahan values that run blocker on that right side. So listen, there's going to be growing pains with Colton McKivitz, right? If 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 he's showing bad reps in the passing game, I think Kyle Shanahan can live with it as long as he's good enough in the run game. Now, where the issue comes in is if he starts struggling in the run game, that's where the conversations are going to start coming up. Where it's like, okay, maybe Jalen Moore. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna show how bad we are with our memory here against Steph. Who was the right tackle that nobody liked <laughs> behind Mike McGlinchey? He stepped in for Week 17. Um, against the the uh, no week 18 against the Rams a couple of years ago. He oh man, he was the backup. Oh my god. We're 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 great. We're showing we're showing great <laughs> now. We're so focused on 2023. Why do that, you why do you keep former bringing up 40, older players? Like because I remember I remember these things. I'm pulling up rosters now. No, he was the backup Compton, right tackle. Tom Compton. Tom Compton, right? <laughs> he was good enough 
in the run game to earn that spot, right? Yeah. And that's kind of all we were looking at. Shout out Keith, by the way, Sprint Red Option Podcast. He's there all the time as well. Thank you very much for helping me with my memory, uh, Keith. <laughs> but but yeah, so it, it's that same sort of thing. Like I think Kyle Shanahan's okay with giving up a little bit in the past game as long as that right tackle is very good in the run game. So that's where I think Colton McKivitz is going to have to shine. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Portola45 says, read OT coach. Uh, Forster's comments finally recognizing Poe's limitations. That is Jason Poe, um, who's been playing some guard, and I think in the past he's he's done center as well. I I like Poe. You know, I I think that from what I've seen, he's done all right. He, does he have limitations? Yes, he's a very small guy, uh, but he wins reps like he's not supposed to. You you mm-hmm. see him going up against guys in one on one, and you're like, there's no way he's going to beat this guy, and he does. So he does have limitations, which is why you know you, you probably won't see him ever be a starter in this league. But mm-hmm. eh, he could be a fine fill in at times. Um, with good potential, I think. So let's see how he does in the preseason. I'm, I'm excited for that one. But Andrew, let's let's talk about the quarterbacks, right? We've we've gone yes. nearly 30 minutes without bringing up the quarterbacks. What's up with that? I know, right? <laughs> good for us. Good for us. Good for I love it. I love us for that. It sounded like Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the quarterback you start with. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going Trey Lance. I love. No, no. Go ahead. Continue. Continue. I love it. Let's go, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I just want to get it. it out of the way. I want to get it yes, out of the way. Yes, yes, yes. It's yes. sounding like Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty good practice. It seemed yeah. like he and Devontae Adams, you know, one of the best receivers in the league, yes. had their way with the first team defense today, and he led a nice two-minute drill, capped off with a touchdown to Austin Hooper. Um, but that's my quota. Like I I've met my Jimmy Garoppolo quota. Of well, yeah. I, I, I was explaining to my girlfriend who does, who doesn't watch much football. She knows who Jimmy Garoppolo is before the podcast. I'm like, I'm so excited. We get to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I go, she goes, babe, I've heard you for the last two years. Like talk about how you're tired of talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. And I straight <laughs> up said, yeah, I was tired about talking about 49er Jimmy Garoppolo. I could talk Raider Jimmy Garoppolo all day, all day, you know, but yeah, I mean, if you if you went into my Twitter draft, if if we're believing in a multiverse world, right? That Jimmy Garoppolo to Austin Hooper hookup is a Niner play, right? Like, let, let's be honest, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan wishes he had that, but yeah, it sounds like he had a pretty good day in camp today. I, I'm I'm happy that he seems to be thriving in Vegas. At least the early returns are saying he's doing good. I think it was time for a change of scenery for him. Obviously, that that was the case. I think. It gets a little weird. I mean, like, it's to a point where, like, my Jimmy Garoppolo thing, like, I have my MacBook here. For some reason, when I, like, scroll down to here, like, a little picture of Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, like, I, I scroll and there's who, a little Who Jimmy got a Garoppolo. hold of your laptop? And I don't just, know. Like, I don't know that how that happened. You. I don't know why. I, I, anyways, I, I wanted to show that off. I don't know why Jimmy Actually, Garoppolo hilarious. does that. I don't, yeah, I don't know how that happens. This MacBook is new too. Like I only, I've only had it for a couple months, but uh, anyway, that's, that's going to be a great visual for the uh, audio listeners on this podcast, by the way. Um, but yes, back to the point, Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he sounds like he did well. It sounds like he did pretty well in that two minute drill, which I think like Niner fans should semi be used to because that was kind of the enigma of Jimmy Garoppolo was he would struggle for three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he'd look like what, we all thought he could be at some points. Um, but yeah, man, I'm happy for, I, I'm genuinely happy for him. And now that I don't have to talk about him every week, 
I'll, I'll probably watch him quite a bit and enjoy him and enjoy the ride. It's 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 it's, it's good to see that he seems. Like, good for you. You look happy and healthy, you know, uh, not not to mention Olivia <laughs> Rodrigo. She's got a new single coming out, by the way, tonight. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. It sounds like he's doing well out there. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, you said that. And I was like, I recognize those words. Yes, yes. Hey, <laughs> I'm excited it's, it's, for it's, her new single. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> New single tonight. Shout out. Look. Let's talk about the 49ers quarterbacks. Yes. And that does not. Oh, wait, we're not, we're not, we're not going, we're not going other, we're not going other 49ers, former quarterback, Brian Hoyer talk yet. <laughs> I am not wasting a second. On <laughs> no, we don't, Brian we don't. Hoyer. I'm joking. We don't need an interception today. We don't need to talk about Brian Hoyer today. Yeah, he did throw <laughs> an interception today. Classic, classic. 49ers legends, all right, all around, all across all the board the in Las Vegas. Um, but Purdy, he was 10 of 16, depending on how, who you ask, right? I think uh, someone had him 10 of 17 or something like that. Uh, he had two touchdowns in the red zone, one to TDP, another to CMC, which should tell you draft these 49ers running backs in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, he also had one interception by Raiders cornerback Duke Shelley. Andrew, I like Purdy, and, and I see mm-hmm. what the 49ers like in him. I understand 100% why he is the starting quarterback. But people seem to be concerned about the interceptions. Yeah. And I'm curious about your stance again, because you know, you always, uh, you just always explain things so well that puts me at ease. Yeah. I, I, I decided last week that I'm kind of over the stats side of, of these camps. I've been looking more at the reps. I think the reps have been telling a little bit more of a story. Are the interceptions concerning in a vacuum? Sure. I also like to believe that in camp, you maybe try and get away with a little more things, try and make throws that not necessarily you're going to make in game. So maybe, obviously I'm not seeing these throws, like full disclosure, I'm not seeing these throws. So I don't have a reference point, but I do like to believe that you're taking a little bit more chances in practice compared to game situations, right? I I, I think he's going to be a little more conservative. The turnovers weren't too much of an issue last year with him. That's why the Niners offense seemed to be humming a little bit more. Uh, at the end of the season when he stepped over. Uh, but yeah, Keith makes a great point here. Practice makes perfect for game day, right? So so like that's another way to look at it, right? Is is but I guess I guess in, to make a long conversation short, I am yes and no concerned about the interceptions. Is that fair? Like yes, it is concerning that it seems to happen a frequent a frequency of every day. It, does that mean he's gonna throw seven interceptions a game for to continue his one interception per day average? No, absolutely not, right? That's not gonna happen. But let's 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 wait and see. Let's wait and see to see what this looks like in games. Because if if we're talking in week four, right? Week three, week four, and he's at four, five, six interceptions, then yes, I'm very concerned. Right now, to quote Allen Iverson, we're talking practice. Not a game, we're talking practice. So that's where the no concern steps in. Is it's just practice. Maybe he's trying things that he's not necessarily going to try in game. So does that answer your question? Just right down the middle. It does, and I have a very you know similar opinion because when I watched him at camp last year, I could see that he was throwing a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then we heard that oh, like the 49ers liked him and they chose to keep him on the roster over Nate Sudfeld. That's why that never made sense to me. Cause I saw mm-hmm. him in camp and I was like, well, he's, 
He seems to be throwing a lot of interceptions. Was really good in situational periods, which tracks with what we've seen of Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. But to your point, I do think that he is the type of quarterback who tries some things out in practice and in camp that he normally wouldn't. I mean, I think even Kyle Shanahan said that was one of the things that they liked about him. He took risks. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that is a lot of what we're seeing with the interceptions in practice. Also, he he had a comment earlier today. He was asked, you know, how his arm is feeling uh, because I guess it had been a while since – he had talked to the media and people are always still wondering about his arm. I will share that with you guys right now, what he said. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of my arm and everything. Yeah. Yeah. My arm feels great. Um, you know, just still building back-to-back days and, you know, trying to gain all the strength that I can back from obviously the, just the rehab process of things. And, and um, I feel really confident. So. Yeah. And the reason that I wanted to share that clip was, because I saw a lot of people talking about what he said, like out of context, really. And I always like to get the video if, if I can. Yeah. Um, I, to me, it, it doesn't concern me that he's saying like he's still trying to get his, you know, arm. I don't know the exact word he said, velocity, strength. I, I don't know what he said. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't concern me. I mean, I think that's just part of getting over the hump of, your surgery and yes he is 100% cleared at this point that's all we need to know right so I I think it's fine that he's throwing interceptions also Al um, Al Sacco had a thread that I thought was really interesting and I'll let's see maybe I share that too because he was basically saying like 49ers quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan they throw interceptions it's what they do and you have to also remember within the context of Kyle Shanahan's offense, it makes a whole lot of sense because a lot of those throws are in the middle of the field and they're more susceptible to being in traffic and getting intercepted. So I think it, it makes sense. So here's what the tweet says. Kyle Shanahan's coached 242 regular season games in 15 years as an offensive coordinator or head coach in the NFL. His quarterbacks have thrown 235 interceptions. Um, so, I mean, the proof is kind of in the pudding that, and, and he lays it out year by year in 2016, seven, 2012, eight, 2022, nine, 2019, 13, 2021, 14, every other season with 15 plus interceptions. So I think there's some, uh, there's a sample size that, that tells us that maybe this is more than just the quarterback. Maybe it's just the, the type of offense, right. And, Again, putting into the context, the there's a lot of throws to the middle of the field, and those naturally are going to be in danger of being intercepted more so than others. Yeah, and just to go back on, in terms of the quote, I mean, we got to remember that he 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 had a pretty major elbow injury. We we saw how bad it was. It wasn't it wasn't a thing where it's like, hey man, like just give what you can. He had nothing to give. So like. I don't want to say it's a complete restart for his arm, but, but it was a pretty major surgery. So like, I, I think I, I don't have any concern with him saying, Hey, I, I need to work it back up because I, I think that's pretty obvious, right? It's, it's like, it's like a pitcher in baseball. You get that. Uh, he didn't have Tommy John surgery. I know that, but you get that Tommy John surgery and, and the velo drops a little bit, right? 
right? It's it's a, it's an elbow surgery. The, the, the elbow, the elbow. Dare I say that? Not to be an anatomy podcast, but the elbow. Dare I say is the knee of the arm, and we all know how bad knee injuries can be. And and we're talking about his throwing arm. So yeah. it, it, I, I no concern for me in terms of of him saying he needs to work it back up. I think that's pretty obvious, and that's why. They're doing this this two two day on one day off thing just to kind of let him feel it out. So yeah, I, I no concern to me at all in terms of of the health of Brock Purdy. And then again, yes and no concern for the interceptions. Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. I naturally do think there'll be some regression with him, mm-hmm. but I don't think it'll be to a point where you're begging for him to be benched. Uh, so I'll leave it at that. But. The guy who may potentially be behind him on the 53 on the depth chart, Trey Lance, he was uh, 6 of 12 today, also led a solid two-minute drill that would have probably ended up with a touchdown. It was on fourth down. Uh, had Cameron Latu not dropped the pass, I know you mentioned this early, Andrew, mm-hmm. but this – I want to talk about this for Bix. It's starting to really irk me. Latu has the yips. He had two drops on Tuesdays, practice as well, according to Matt Barrows. A number of drops littered throughout camp. All while people keep telling me he's a lock to make the 53 just because he was drafted in the third round. That doesn't sit right with me right now. Uh, no, and, and I mean, I, I guess the joke is kind of built in that like he does fit the mold of a Kyle Shanahan receiver. He likes to drop the ball because <laughs> the Niners tend to like to drop the ball, right? I mentioned Jawan Jennings had a high drop percentage. Brandon Ayuk has his issues. Debo has his issues. But yeah, it's it's this is a bit concerning because like this is a almost a daily occurrence. I, I mean, it's not a daily. It's not almost a daily occurrence. It has been a daily occurrence. I, and that's where the concern of the Kittle injury comes in a little bit, right? Because we don't really like Kittle exists. He's tight end one. The Niners took two swings in the draft at tight end to kind of solve that second tight end spot because they haven't been able to really figure it out. I mean, you look at the names they've run through Tyler Croft, um, uh, Levine Tololo. I, I was bad at pronouncing that name when I, he was a Niner. Uh, Jordan Reed, right? You, The Niners have tried to solve the second tight end spot. So now they're taking two swings, right? And I was hoping Sam Laporta would drop to them. I don't think that was ever going to happen. Um, but, yeah, it's a bit of concern because I feel like a lot of what I read about Cameron Latou was he's a run-blocking tight end, right, out of college. And the Niners use a third-round pick on him when I believe Braden Willis was sit four, fifth, sixth, seventh, third, third, we'll just say third-day draft, right? Braden Willis was a third-day draft pick. Um, the drops are very concerning and, and it doesn't help like, and that's, that's why I don't like these numbers, right. Is because Trey Lance should have had a touchdown today, right. He should have had an extra touchdown. Uh, Latu drops the ball. I feel bad for Trey Lance. And I don't think that's a hot take at this point. Um, the, not to, not to take your tight end conversation and bring it to Lance. No, I mean, we got to talk about Lance. I... How do I word this? Because I don't want people taking this this clip, a clip from your podcast, Steph, and saying Andrew hates Trey Lance because I like <laughs> Trey Lance. I, I do like Trey Lance. I think he is the either the first or second best quarterback on this team because we don't really know what he is. I don't think he's going to win this QB2 battle, and it has nothing to do with his talent. I, I, I think if, if you ask me right now, and I think Steph – if I ask you this question, if I ask any of these beautiful people in the comment section, if you're starting a franchise right this second, who are you taking, Trey Lance or Sam Darnold? 
I think everybody's saying Trey Lance. I just, unfortunately, with Kyle Shanahan, I don't think it necessarily comes down to the talent. I think it's very obviously comes down to the trust. Who does he trust running this offense? There's a reason. I don't remember necessarily because it was March. Sam Darnold was one of the first players that the 49ers signed. There was a reason for that. Trey Lance was going to be here regardless. Uh, mm-hmm. I know I know we were concerned about the Brock Purdy injury back in March, and we weren't sure what it was going to look like. But these reports coming out of camp, like Trey Lance is looking good, but it really feels like that Sam Darnold is – or Sam Darnold. Yeah, Darnold's – I don't know. I got confused there. Darnold's gaining steam, even though it sounds like Lance is outperforming him every day. And then it makes your brain go back to the reports of Shanahan wanted Mac Jones at three. Right. Like whether or not that was true or not, I don't know, but it sounds more or less that that's, that's true. Right. I'm afraid that we're, we're kind of working our way to a situation where Trey Lance isn't going to be on this roster, whether it be at the end of this camp or at the end of the season, I don't think the Niners are going to move off him at this point. I think he'll be the third quarterback, whether or not he sits with that. I, I don't know, but I'm really afraid we're getting to a point where, Trey Lance is going to go somewhere else and flourish, right? Because I think he does have that skill set. And it's not necessarily his fault that it's not working. No, it's not his fault that it's not working out here. It's 100% a Kyle Shanahan thing. I don't know. I don't know where they go with Trey Lance at this point, but I don't think it's QB2 at this point, not because he's not as good as Sam Darnold. It just feels like there's some disconnect between him and Kyle Shanahan, and that's just kind of where we're at. I think for me, I mean, obviously, I I know that Lance was Kyle Shanahan's pick, and whether he changed his mind at some point in the draft process, like I I don't know when exactly that happened, but he chose Trey Lance. Now somewhere down the line, like maybe his feelings did change a little bit uh, to where now he's competing for the backup spot. And so while I think if Purdy wasn't in the picture, I think you'd be looking at Lance and you would say, yeah, like, let's roll with Lance because Mm -hmm. he has improved a ton and he has that ceiling that you, I mean, you don't really know what his ceiling is. Cause again, like you said, we don't know what he is, but he has the skill set. you know, that. Mm -hmm. So as long as he continues to build on that, he could be a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. But Purdy is in this situation. Purdy is mm-hmm. here. He is the quarterback one on this team. And as long as that's true, Lance, I think, I, I think like me and you are probably feeling some of the same thing because when I see Lance, I don't think he's an ideal backup. And the reason for that is because I think that he still has a lot of developing to do. And the only way that he's going to be able to develop is if he gets the reps. Yeah. And you're not going to develop by being thrown into the fire like, you know, Brock Purdy did. I mean, maybe, maybe, but I, I just don't see it with Lance because every time that every day of practice, he would get his reps or he, he'd have his days and he would start off kind of slow. He starts off slow mm-hmm. and he kind of like builds momentum as practice goes on. I, uh, I think Matt Barrow said the same thing in his article recapping today. And he noted that is a theme with Lance. That's not a quality of an ideal backup. And so I think that's the issue. 
like we we all know that Lance has the talent to be a starter and eventually a really good starter in the NFL, but not a backup is not his ideal role at this time. And so that's why I, I think like we're kind of seeing the, the same thing. And that's mm-hmm. why, even though it feels like you said, Lance is outperforming Sam Darnold in much of these practices. And yet it still feels like this competition is close for some reason. Why is that? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think we're sensing about the same thing. Um, I'm not happy about it. I also, I, I talked about, I was talking to Vish about it and I was like, you know, if it were up to me, like the, and it, it, you were asking me who's the three top quarterbacks on the team, it's, it's Purdy, Lance and Darnold, no particular order, but I'd keep those three guys. And, you know, he brought up the fact that, you know, it's not always that simple. The money comes into it, of course, the business decisions. I do understand that. But also we touched on the fact that, being a backup is kind of a specific role in itself. Mm-hmm. And again, like, I, I don't know if I see Lance having that, um, be, being great at that role. But it's know. funny because you mentioned this point. I hadn't thought of this because, because you mentioned like Lance not being a backup compared to Darnold. And dare I say, we're going to have our second knock on wood of, of, of the episode, but I could see a world where we enter the season with a, with a quarterback depth chart of, of, Purdy, Darnold, Lance, and a world where if if Purdy gets hurt again, Lance takes over. Maybe not for that one game. You know, Darnold, I think, would be prepared to step in for the game where, where if Purdy gets mm-hmm. hurt, knock on wood, obviously, continuing to knock on wood. But I could see a world where Lance would jump in the next week as the starter. So, so like, that that's a very interesting point you bring up because I, a couple of weeks ago, when we remember, remember the great like Brandon Allen's getting as many reps as the other two guys wars. Remember when we were panicking over that? That's when I thought maybe Brandon Allen's the QB three, and they're moving from Lance. I've moved off that thought. I think Lance is going to be here. But man, you make a great point with that. That 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 I have not thought of it from that angle. And that's why I like you, and that's why I like Vish because you guys look at different angles, and that's a very good point. I, I could I could absolutely see a world where where Purdy gets hurt, Lance jumps over Darnold to take the starting spot. That's a good point too, because like based on what each quarterback is good at, like Lance would make a whole lot of sense to jump over Donald in that case. Mm-hmm. That isn't something that typically happens in the NFL, but this is a weird uh, quarterback room uh, in a weird situation for the 49ers. But to your point, like if if they keep Trey Lance and he is say the third quarterback on the roster. I, I don't know how long they can do that for. Like, do you really want to pay your QB three? I don't know, nine, 10 million, however much he's getting paid this year to be third on the depth chart. I mean, I think that's why it just makes more sense to move off of Lance if that's how they feel about him And if, you know, they're worried about the money, but it would be so simple. I think for me as a fan <laughs> to say, just keep all three of these guys because of the injury history that they've had. And also just keep the best three guys on yeah. the roster. Like why not? But easier it's, said than done. It's such a complicated situation. Yeah. And I, I just feel like a lot of these, like nothing against Twitter takes because it's Twitter. Right. But I just feel like a lot of these Twitter takes are oversimplifying it. Right. It, it, it's if, if it came down to who the best quarterback was, 
I think Trey Lance is up there, right? Like I, maybe Purdy, maybe Lance. And I think that's the conversation. But realistically, we're talking about a head coach that that and, and obviously different positions. But the concept of, of the Shanahan doghouse does exist. And, and you had a running back in Matt Breida where he was the Niners running back one for a good chunk of time. And then fumble issues kind of came up and he was out the door the next offseason. Right. And, and so it, it's. It's weird because there's so much of Shanahan's ego, and I don't say that in a negative way. I think to be an NFL head coach, you've got to have an ego. I, you think Bill Belichick got through because he was the nicest guy in the world? Absolutely not. Um, but it, it's really, it's really strange that Shanahan just can't seem to figure out this quarterback situation outside of the idea of dare I say, Kirk twenty twenty four. I knew you. Um, yes, if you weren't going to say it, I was going to. Yeah, and that, like, and that, 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 that that's the thing. It's like all this effort, all this conversation about the twenty twenty three quarterback situation. It's probably just going to go out the window next year because it doesn't matter, right? And and, and like that's that's a bad way to look at it. But yeah, it, it's just it's such a complicated situation because of who Kyle Shanahan is and and how much trust it, it, it or how important trust is to him. That's why I think you see Trey Lance sliding. I mean, Sam Darnold, you remember when when the Jets traded him, the Niners were allegedly in on him before Trey Lance was here. So you're talking about a guy on this roster that the Niners were maybe looking to replace Jimmy Garoppolo with two years ago. And now all of a sudden he is the, I believe the first or second guy you sign in in the off season this year. And you're trying to tell me that he is all of a sudden just competing for QB two over the guy that you traded two draft picks for or two first round picks for and flipped another first round pick to get. That's where the concern comes in. I, as I said, I understand in a vacuum why people are upset and confused about the Trey Lance situation, but everything else around it, it's kind of playing out how it probably was always going to play out. And, and, and it's unfortunate. I don't mean, and I hate this like hot take world where like I say this stuff and people are going to be like, oh, he just doesn't like Lance. No, I like Trey Lance a lot. Mm-hmm. At three, I wanted either Fields or Lance, right? That, that's who I wanted at, at three. It's just there's a difference between what I think and what everybody on social media thinks and the reality of the situation. And the reality of the situation is, is the Niners went out and signed a guy that they tried to trade for two years ago. And that should kind of raise a red flag. So so where that leaves us, I don't know, Steph, but (laughs) nobody knows until the decision's made at this point. I honestly don't even think Kyle Shanahan knows at this point. If that's the case, then I'm really concerned. <laughs> like, I don't no, yeah. Well, 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 I, th- I think he knows who QB1 now. is, obviously. Yeah. I know he knows who QB1 is. Quite confident. I don't think he knows who QB2 is at this point. But but it, it just it feels really weird because all you're hearing is, hey, Lance is looking good. Lance is looking good. But for some reason, it feels like Darnold's trending to QB2. And there's got to be a reason for it. Yeah. And it doesn't help that we keep hearing, like, national media saying mm-hmm. – you know, pretty much singing that same tune that that mm-hmm. Darnold's QB two. Whether that's just their opinion or something they're hearing from inside the building, I don't know. But I I know the only guy who knows and is going to make this decision 
final is Kyle Shanahan. That's the mm-hmm. only person. So only his opinion matters, and we do not know what that mm-hmm. opinion is, and we won't no. until the official 53-man roster drops. But, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of nuance to the situation, and it's pretty – I'm not going to lie. It's kind of – it's entertaining because at least we know who QB1 is. So, like, at this point, everything else is just kind of – it's not as, uh, I guess, grueling uh, as it has been in, in years past. But, Andrew, it has been a lot of fun. We're at 55 minutes. Yes. Yes. It's been a we lot of fun talking football with you. But I do understand that you had some names yes. for our our show. Yes. So so we share a podcast host. We right. We we do. We do. Yeah. I, I have this little Jason thing Aponte. called the Spirit Right Option Podcast with Jason Aponte. You have this thing called the Bully Ball Podcast with Jason Aponte. Uh so I figured we should have a tag team name. Um I like so I have four four suggestions. Uh so dude and not a dude talk ball. Uh just shout <laughs> out shout out your Twitter bio, right? Because that's your Twitter bio. Um the easy one for the alliteration is a Ponte's Angels, like just a spinoff of Charlie's Angels. Uh, this one's more in the wrestling realm, uh, and I don't know if we cuss on this podcast, so so if we do, I'm sorry. But the Ass Boys, A S S A for Andrew and Steph Sanchez, and then Boys B O I S, <laughs> not B O Y S. Uh, and then my favorite because it's an oldie but a goodie, the Queens of 49er Twitter. I love that. So I love those, all of them. I love all I think, of them. I think that'll be our spinoff. We'll figure out the exact name later. But I just I just wanna I just wanna shout you out. Um I've been thinking about it because I, I feel like you are one of my favorite 49er content creators, not just for the Nick Bosa videos, but for the content you produce, the amount of draft information you get out there. If I had if I had to have a Mount Rushmore of 49er content creators. It would probably be, I have to legally have to say Jason Aponte, Jordan Elliott, Brad Graham, and Steph Sanchez. That, that, that's my four. And there's so many other great ones wow. that I'm leaving out that they're, you know, Rob, Guer- Rob Guerrero stats. We love stats. Uh, Jesse Naylor's a good one. Uh, Grant Cohn. I know a lot of those people I don't agree with, but I respect everybody's football opinion. I'm sure everybody's very good people out, you know, uh, in real life. Cause I, I just assume everybody's a nice person. Um, but yeah, man, you you are definitely in my Mount Rushmore of 49er content creators. And any time that that I get the the 49 carats podcast bump, I'm gonna take it whenever I can. Uh, because I, honestly, man, like we tend to talk about it every time we do this thing. Like, hey, next time we should probably go like 30, 35 ish minutes. <laughs> but like, we have so much fun talking about this, and and I feel like that we we work so well together that like I just I like. Uh, uh, if you didn't say we've gone for 50 minutes, I would have thought we were 30 minutes in. So, so I just want to shout you out for all the hard work you do. Uh, not because, like, dude, you're you're you live in Denver, correct? Or no, sorry, I shouldn't dox you. Like, you live in Colorado, right? Um, and you're <laughs> yes. out there for two all two weeks of camp. You're out there. No, I, I was. I was this year. I only did one week. But okay, sorry. I live in Sacramento, and I did zero whole days, Steph. So, so like, like, I just want to shout you out because, because you're out there working hard. You're giving people the content they need. Uh, and, and just shout out you, especially during the draft season, getting all that information of who the Niners visit, all that stuff. So I just wanted to make sure I was able to say all of this because you are 
one of, if not my favorite 49er content creator at any time you ask me to be on, I'm moving mountains to be here. Well, Andrew, now you're making me blush on my own podcast. I, I, you know, I got you. Like, my cheeks red a little Ooh. bit, just a little bit. Actually, um, I had another name real quick. I had Steph and oh, yeah. Ann podcast, and then we could just kind of play it off like it's it used to be Angie, but now it's Andrew. <laughs> I I love all of the. I mean, like now we're we're like legally obligated to have a you know reoccurring show. I think because you know that that that's why I pitched the name. Like honestly, like this notepad, it have my notes, and like this is all the football notes, and then this is the podcast name notes. But this was the first thing that the podcast name notes were the first thing written down. Like I was like, I need to get these off. I gotta I gotta brainstorm these first, and then we'll worry about Niners camp. Yeah, I mean it's secondary, obviously. Yeah, you're not, who cares, man? It's practice. No, I'm it's joking. I love this. this is, I'm very excited. Practice. This is this is a good time of year. We love this time of year. We love it. I mean, real football is back, Andrew. I I appreciate you so much, and and thank you for all those kind words. You are far too kind for saying all of those things about me, but I appreciate you being on. And like you said, it's always a pleasure talking football with you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, we could do this again soon. I, I'm always down to talk football with you, stuff. I'm down to talk anything with you, to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't have to be football. We, we can have a friendship outside of the football. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I know. How's your I life? Know. Like, how's life going? You know, we just want to talk life for the next hour? I think hour, we just need to, like, YouTube. FaceTime. Like, yeah, we just oh, need dude, to have, well, you, like... You have my phone number. We can talk whenever you want. Hey, we're also, should we tease the project we're working on a little bit? Yes, do it. I, I, of, I, I wanted to mention it, but I didn't know if. Yeah, I, so so like I kind of tease it on the podcast. That's how I got Dawson involved. So uh, <laughs> Steph and I, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit here. Um, me being the ADHD human being I am, I am terrible with the draft when it comes to like, cause like it's, it's NFL season. And then you get like a month to learn 975 names for the next month and a half. And you have to know all of them to be a content creator. So uh, we're working on a bit of a project where we're getting the draft notes out early. We're going to, we're going to start working on, on getting notes for all these guys. We got a list of about probably 200 names already so far. And I'm probably going to add a little bit to that tonight. Uh, We're going to try and have a draft guide ready to go day after the super bowl that that's our goal we're going to work on it early but if 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 we don't get and i've already i've already thrown it out there to to you josh Eccles, and dawson that like if we don't reach that goal like we just don't mention this ever again like we just don't talk <laughs> about like how we said we want to get it, it out for happened. the super bowl um but yeah ultimately our goal instead of trying to learn all these prospects you know the second the super bowl ends is to have more of a knowledge of them as the season happens. So, so we, we already have, I think 200 names. I've already decided that the Joel Alt is going to be the Niners draft pick, a right tackle out of, <laughs> out of uh, Notre Dame sound familiar guys. Uh, but Kool-Aid McKinnistry is also the name I want. So just cause it's Kool-Aid, but uh, yeah. So, so that, that's a little bit of a project we're working on. And Andrew's doing most of the heavy lifting, but right now. I am, I am, I am supporting and I love it, Andrew. I think it's a great idea. I hope that once it's finally out, you guys enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today. As All always. you guys who tuned in, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe. Audio listeners, make sure you follow the podcast. Leave a rating if you're feeling lucky. Well, I don't know I said that, but if you're feeling good, just, just leave a rating. And have a good rest of your Thursday, people. Peace.